0: Plushcare.com/slash/weight-loss. After the apocalypse, a story of pandemic survival. Season one, episode two. Before death, the old man looked around. The river, the smoke the light drizzle on the soft hump of the body, making its way downstream to feed the rats of Atlanta. He'd seen his share of death. He'd seen worse than this when he was in Africa, in the Far East, where, until not too long ago, death still stalked the muddy streets in the old ways. Disease, warlords, indiscriminate natural disasters, and unfeeling politics. That's when he'd given up on humanity. Humanity was built on the despoiled pile of human bones, and he had given up. He'd write out what's left of his life as a man outside that pile of bones. He thought about an article he had read in an archaeological magazine about a pile of bones they'd found in Kenya. These bones were over 10,000 years old. A small group of individuals rounded up, slaughtered, and dumped in a pit. This was 8,000 years before Jesus and the Romans. The first traces of human activity were rife with internecine murder. Before all this, he was at a point in his life where he mostly just wanted to be left alone. He didn't miss the irony that he'd gotten his wish in this new world of the apocalypse. Turns out he didn't have to abandon humanity. They had left on their own. Humanity was back to the level of 10,000 years ago with the roaming bands. Small groups looking to survive and and murder was as good an option as any. The old man wasn't as old as he looked or pretended to be. He found it useful to fade into the background, to be non-threatening in this world. If the scraps of humanity haunting this place knew his real capabilities, it might be inconvenient and dangerous At just under six foot tall, the old man was not imposing. He didn't look like the athlete he was. Skinny and balding with a slight pop belly. No one would suspect that he was one of the top endurance athletes in his age group. Perhaps if they looked closer at the ropey muscles twitching under the loose skin of his thighs, they might wonder... But they never did. Turns out, being tough and able to move long distances by foot was pretty much the job description of a survivor in the apocalypse. He'd retired from real life a few years back, anyhow, so it really didn't make any difference to him. He'd written them all off, he'd seen this as inevitable. He just wasn't expecting it in his lifetime. The old man shook his head and spat into the muddy grass beside the river. He'd have to move. This place was too much on the beaten path out of the city. From the beginning of time, people had followed rivers. They were the highways of humanity. If he wanted to avoid humanity... He'd have to find a different route. He put his light pack together and stood, straightening with a groan. Squinting upriver, he thought he saw some movement. A mangy group of two-legged beasts emerged from around the bend. He had wanted to continue south, anyhow, but had hoped to avoid following the river through the city. They saw him and yelled something. Looked like two of them, maybe more. Men. It was usually men now. He turned and began to move. a Slow jog to warm up his old legs, get the blood moving again. They picked up their pace and closed ground. He took a drink from his bottle and a bite of jerky from a pocket in his shorts he stretched it out a little, enlivening the pace to what he thought you'd do the trick. The group behind him stopped running and started walking with some more shouts and protestations. One of the many ironies of his life was that he had been a bookish, chubby, and non-athletic kid, always studying, never any time for sports which he considered the games of lesser boys and men. He had come to the sport of ultra-distance running late in life when his career as a doctor was over. He had needed something to keep him moving, something to help him forget. The physical pain of these multi-hour, multi-day running events kept him alive, he notched his pace down and looked around to see where the sun was now. It was low to his left, so he was running south. He would put twenty miles between him and his pursuers by the end of the day, but usually only the first mile mattered. The old man began singing an old country song that, he, that popped into his head. Something about the evils of liquor and whorehouses had made him laugh. Turns out, bioengineering was just a little bit more evil, and there probably wasn't a song about that. There was a car in the river ahead he slowed to let the panorama paint itself. He had learned to do this, By default, he let his mind drift and became unfocused when he was running alone in the woods. Sometimes he had to mentally slap himself back into awareness. If one wanted to survive, one was best served by being mentally present and alert in the apocalypse. He stopped for a moment and surveyed the scene. It was afternoon now the sun was higher. There was the sound of birds and the low, wet sounds of the river making its timeless way like General Sherman to the sea. Nothing much to see here. The wrecked car, partially submerged, seemed to have come from the overpass above. That plunge was probably enough to kill the driver. Some sick person in the throes of death tried to Make a break for it, or maybe a suicide. One more scene of commonplace carnage in the apocalypse. One more bag of bones for humanity's piles of bones. He knew about bones. He knew about blood. He knew most of what made the fragile human body work. Not because he was some sort of macabre ghoul, but because he had been a doctor, one of the best, top of his class, coveted residency, the culmination of all that studying and what he thought was his dream. He had married young and had kids because that's what you did when you were a renowned physician. You did that so no one could accuse you of being a self-centered careerist with a God complex. It was in the playbook. He felt a stab of pain, a twinge of guilt, as he thought of the mousy young woman in his wedding bed and the two young heads in his Long Island study. He shook his head. Water under the bridge. He couldn't change any of it, and he didn't want to. All those people, his wife, his kids, his colleagues, those men futilely chasing him, the poor sot in the crashed car. The Paleolithic wanderers with their heads smashed in, thrown into a long ago pit in the Rift Valley. All bones in the pile of bones that was humanity's legacy. He'd quit the game. They couldn't get him anymore. He wasn't playing. Humanity was no longer his problem they wanted to die or live or kill each other in the apocalypse, he could care less. His life was his forward motion. He was waiting for death with open arms when death came for him to take his bones. The truth was that the old man had one more thing to do in this dead life of his. He wouldn't admit it to himself, but he did have a center of gravity that was pulling him south and west, There was one son, unaccounted for. There was one loose thread tying the old man still to this dead world. Whether he wanted to come out and admit it, he was being pulled by a simple question, one he feared he already knew the answer to. His thinking brain was afraid to give this ghost a tacit form. The simple ghost of a question was... What had happened to his youngest son, Paul? The old man resumed his shuffling pace, looking now for a way to turn west. West was where he was going. There were a handful of states between here and there, some small mountains and some wilderness. He would make his way. He always did. The key to survival was to keep moving,
1: after the apocalypse is written and produced by chris russell that's me the show is narrated by robert weinheimer the intro and outro music is by bobby quinn make sure to subscribe and please tell your friends this show can only survive the apocalypse with your help and be a good survivor and spread the word for us Go on to your favorite podcast service and write a review. Like us. And one of the best ways to directly support the show is through our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com slash aftertheapocalypse. And links to everything that I've just said can be found in the episode and show notes. And you can find out more about our show at our website, aftertheapocalypse.me. So until next week, thank you for listening and keep surviving.
0: Hold up.